0: Good morning, church. We're going to begin with a video. My name is Jay Thomas, and I'm with the Literature Ministries Department of the Michigan Conference. And we're going to start with a video, and we'll go from there. While they work on that, we will get started so that we can... If we don't start on time, we won't end on time. This morning, our message... I have two things after the video that I want you to catch. Two things from the message this morning. Number one is what God's word looks like. And number two, so what God's word looks like is the first thing I want you to find in the message today. And the second thing is how you can have beautiful feet. Sounds funny, right? Because when we have the communion service, we have a foot washing, right? And we call it what? The ordinance of humility. Why? Because it's hard to get down on our hands and knees and wash somebody's clean feet, right? Right? It's humbling. (laughs) So we call it the ordinance of humility. So we don't usually think of feet as being beautiful. You ready? Go ahead.
1: When I was five years old, I accepted the Lord, but I ended up growing up in bad neighborhoods and involved with gangs, drugs, money, women, you name it. I've been homeless. I mean, I caught my first case at eight. But through all of it, God never left my side. Every time that I cried out to him, he was right there. And it was like he never left my side. I felt him. As soon as I started praying, he was already there. Even if I was thinking about it, he was right there. So as I continued growing, the Lord kept doing these things, which made me believe in him. And so when he finally got a hold of me and I finally submit to him, I started going to church and seeking His truth. And so I was going from church to church to church to church trying to get His truth and was asking everybody for Bible study, and nobody would give me Bible study. And it made me feel like, wow, I can't even get a Bible study. I'm going to do it by myself then with me and God. And there's a reason for that. I was working in a construction area and this guy come up selling books. And I walked over to him and I noticed he had some Bible literature stuff. And so I, man, I said, man, do you do Bible study? Because you know, because at this time, nobody would give me Bible studies. And he said, well, I don't, but I can send somebody your way who can. And so he, he wrote my information down. And next thing you know, I had a guy come to my house whose name was Dennis and he gave me Bible studies. And he started proving to me that Saturday is the actual day of the Sabbath I never knew that I always thought it was Sunday and so that spoke to my heart And from that moment on I started to seek truth even though I didn't have much knowledge in the Bible I started passing out the great controversy and literature and stuff like that going door to door and even this Sabbath this week today a guy came from an area where I went and evangelized and he came to church today he was actually gonna commit suicide but he actually came to church today and the lord used me and so going door to door does work i got numerous of other people that i could talk about and whether it's literature whether it's just saying hey how's it going do you believe in jesus anything but giving these books give you an opportunity to speak to them So I found myself in the middle of the summer just thinking about quitting and heading home. I was at my lowest point, and it was at that time that I received a text from one of my former leaders with a Bible study contact information all filled out and my name at the bottom. And he said, Dino, do you recognize this Bible study contact? And I said that I did not, for I had handed out many different Bible studies to different people during my time canvassing. And when I just realized what God had done in Daniel's life, what God had done in my life in just connecting the two of us at the perfect time, I just started to cry and I couldn't believe that God really used me to make an impact. And that encouraged me this summer to just keep doing the work that God gave me to do this summer. And the Lord has been doing such great things in my life. And now he's brought me to the point where I'm gonna to go to a Bible school so that I can learn to be an evangelist. So that I can serve him for the rest of my life because he is my life. It is my privilege to baptize you as a minister of the gospel in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.
0: Dino has beautiful feet. And now Danny is going to prepare himself to have beautiful feet. So two things I want you to look for this morning. What were they? First of all, what God's word looks like. And secondly, how you can have beautiful feet. Let's pray. Father in heaven, and as we open your word, please come and be our teacher. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to start with a parable that Jesus gave. It's found in Matthew chapter 13, Mark chapter 4, and Luke chapter 8. And at the end of the parable, Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. What does that mean? That means pay attention. This is important. That's why Matthew, Mark, and Luke all recorded it. Okay, so it is the parable of the sower. A sower went out to sow seeds. That's what sowers do. They sow seeds. And he didn't get on his John Deere tractor and hook up the planter. He had to do it by hand. Okay, and so it says that some of the seed fell on the wayside. Why is that? Why would he waste his Seed on the wayside. Well, because, have you ever seen the last rows that the farmer does? It's those by the road, right? And sometimes you see that they go around the telephone poles, so they get just as far out as they can go. That's what he's doing. He's making sure every inch is covered, and some gets wasted. He goes by the wayside, and the birds come, and they have a feast, but there's no fruit and some falls on stony ground, and because there's not much ground it, they grow up quickly, but when the sun comes out it scorches them and there's again no fruit. Others fall on the thorny ground. Thorny ground is where the thorns grow up and they choke it out. There's not enough moisture for you and us, and, and we're bigger than you are. And they crutch it out. And again, there's no fruit. But some fell on good ground. And they had 30 fold, 60 fold, and 100 fold return of fruit. That's why the sower sows, is for the fruit. Because some goes where the thorns are, does he stop sowing? No.' that's, part, that's just part of the deal. The stones, the thorns and the wayside, that's just part of the deal, and you just got to keep sowing. What is the seed? The Bible says, the seed is the word of God, and therefore we get our question, what does the? The Word of God. What does the seed look like? What does the Word of God look like? Let me tell you about Jimmy. Today's show and tell, okay? Jimmy went into the doctor's office, and while he was waiting for the doctor, he opened the book, and he grabbed one of those cards in the book in the doctor's office and he gave it to his mother. He was a faithful boy, he gave it to his mother. And what did his mother do? She threw it away. And the next time Jimmy came, he still loved the book, and so he grabbed another card. Again, he gave it to his mother, and again, she threw it away. The third time Jimmy got a card, he handed it to his mother, And he looked her in the eye and he said, Mother, what are you going to do with this card? So now she feels a little bit of pressure, right? (laughs) She says, I'll give it to your father. Now, mother knows what father's going to do, right? Because he's been well trained. Well, father got out his pen and he filled out the card. And at the bottom, he wrote, no Salesman. No salesman. So a literature evangelist comes to the door. A literature evangelist is not a salesman. A literature evangelist is a soulsman. Even though people in the world think we're salesmen sometimes. And he gives a presentation. He presents those Bible stories. You've seen these, right? Do you have these in your homes? Brother Viv, are you too old for these? Huh? No. Nobody's too old for these. Nobody's too young for these. I tell mothers that are expecting they should be reading to their children before they're born. And I tell grandfathers and grandmothers they should read these before they give them to their grandkids. Jimmy's mom and dad purchased a set of Bible stories for him. And at the end of the the demonstration, the literature evangelist Don asked if they would be interested in Bible studies. And they said, yes, we'd be interested in Bible studies. So literature evangelist Don came every week and gave them Bible studies. And soon they were baptized. Became Seventh-day Adventist Christians. Faithfulness of a little boy. Wow. And Jimmy was baptized when he was old enough to be baptized. And today, Jimmy is in charge of distributing the books to literature evangelists. Let me tell you about Ron. Ron. Ron was on 14, I can't, 14, 14 medications, 14. I don't even know how to count that high when it comes to medications. 14, that's more than in my whole household. 14 medications, including bipolar and yeah. And he knew he needed something better. So he purchased the Encyclopedia of Foods. Okay. Encyclopedia of Foods, everything you need to know about food. Three volumes, okay? One gives you the the science of the foods, the benefits and the drawbacks. One gives you how to use them in the healing process. And the other gives you recipes so you know how to put them on the table. And he applied the principles that are in these books. And today he's on two medications. Two medications. I have that many fingers, right? Hallelujah. And he said to me, When he he gave me this story, he said, I I saved $1,200 a year. And he had good insurance. Wow. So now there's health. Now I want you to think about it. Why do we have a health message? It's the right arm of the gospel, right? That's right. We don't have a health message so that we can live 10 years or 15 years or 20 years longer than everybody else. We have a health message so that people can hear God speak to them more clearly. That's why we have a health message. That's why we have these kind of materials to reach their hearts and their physicalness. And so then they can hear God speak when the spiritual comes. This week, I got a call from a man with fourth stage cancer. He said I was, I was in terrible pain and I had to go to the hospital. He spent five days in the hospital. But he said before I left, I got permission from the hospital to put Desire of Ages in that ward so that the next person or someone else that's going to have the same struggle I had will have the peace that I have because I have read Desire of Ages and made it a part of my life. So these are the things that a literature evangelist does. He's planting seeds. He has... Beautiful feet. And this is a, some of the things that God's Word looks like. You say it, I'm, I, I, I can just imagine somebody says, You still have those old books? And I, I want to raise my old book and tell you this is a thousand, two thousand, three thousand years older than that book. And it's still just as relevant. And I'm using it today to preach. And other days I use these to preach. But not everybody can be a literature evangelist. Sad to say, not everybody can be a literature evangelist. If you'll open your Bibles to Psalm 126. Psalm 126. Verse 5, this is our promise. Psalm 126, verse 5, those, sorry, the pages are still turning. It's fine. Psalm 126, verse 5, those who sow in tears shall reap enjoy. It's not easy out there sometimes, right? It's not easy to get out of our comfort zone. And if a literature evangelist is comfortable, if you or I are comfortable, probably not doing the right thing. It's not comfortable fighting with the devil. It's, it's, uh, it, it takes a lot of your energy. He who continually goes forth weeping, verse 6, Bearing seed of, for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. You want to rejoice, so plant some seeds. Not everybody gets to be a literature evangelist, but there's something for everyone. Total member involvement I heard that during Sabbath school this morning Hallelujah total member involvement. what would we be doing otherwise if we're not involved what would be why are we why do we come if we're not involved right? So let me tell you an old old story. It's uh, the story of Nathan and Mary Lane. Nathan and Mary had a unknown friend who was sending them a missionary journal like signs of the times okay and Nathan was a Methodist lay pastor and he thought he knew his Bible pretty well and he also had Prejudiced against Seventh-day Adventists. Every month, we went into their home with signs of the times. Every month. Now, Mary, she knew what to do with it. She rolled it up, dipped it in the kerosene, started the kitchen stove. Ah, It's good use for the paper, right? But one day, her conscience smote her, and she said, what someone is sacrificing to send us this magazine? What if they were to ask me if we get it? I'm going to read one page today, only one page, before I light the fire. And she opened it up, and she started to read. It was an article about the Sabbath. And she got so interested that she read the whole article. And then, right there in front of the stove, she made her decision to keep the Sabbath. But how is she going to tell Nathan? So she quietly for three weeks, did her cooking, her baking, and her cleaning on Friday and quietly, secretly kept the Sabbath. Meanwhile, Nathan picks up a scrap, a scrap of a magazine in the backyard that had a bunch of texts on it that he was that caught his interest, and so he went to his study and quietly, fervently studied it out. And he became convicted that he must keep the Sabbath. But how can he tell Mary? And what is he going to tell his congregation? He went into the kitchen, and he said to Mary, Mary, I have something very important to tell you. And I hope that you won't laugh. But I have been studying my Bible, and I, I believe I must keep the seventh-day Sabbath. And Mary, of course, began to laugh, which hurt his feelings terribly, But she said, no, I'm I'm not laughing at you. I'm just full of joy. Haven't you noticed anything's changed around here? The last three weeks, all the baking and cleaning has been done on Friday. So I've been quietly keeping the Sabbath. Signs of the times still win souls today. There's two ways you can use signs of the times that I can think of, and I hope you can think of a third or fourth way. I can think of three ways. Number one is to get a subscription for your friend and have it just delivered straight to their house. It goes right in, and the Spirit of Prophecy says where the books go in, the angels go right in there with them. Hallelujah. So the angels go right in there with them, and it goes every, every time it comes. The other way you could do is get A small subscription, maybe six, maybe 10, 12, of your own. And then pass them out to specific people. The third way is to do a signs box. They still have those. And they still work. People will actually go to that signs box. It wouldn't go anywhere else because nobody knows they're getting a sign. Right? I'm trying to show you what God's word looks like. That's what God's word looks like. Isaiah chapter 32, Isaiah chapter 32. Here's a promise for you if you're a sower. And I pray that you're all sowers. We've just finished Jesus on prophecy. That's the harvesting, right? So what's the next step? Get the the ground ready. And sow. And sow. And sow. Isaiah chapter 32, verse 20. Blessed are you who sow beside all waters. That's what the sower was doing. He was broadcasting seed everywhere. Good ground, bad ground, he was putting it out. Blessed are you who sow beside all waters. Have you seen these? This is the great controversy and the desire of ages. This is inexpensive enough that everybody could have a dozen of them in their home. We have a little stack just inside, let's see where do we go here, just inside the front door on the piano. So when the mailman has to come and drop a package off, he gets a book, he gets the signs of the times, Okay. UPS man, the man that plows the street, because he turns around in our driveway. So we run out and, oh, thank you. He gets another book. This is what God's word looks like. clerk in the store looked a little under not the weather they just looked a little under like they were having a rough day and so someone went to the car and came back and brought the clerk where is God when I'm hurting where is God when I'm hurting the clerk took it And said, thank you. How did you know? Because God told us, right? So, beside all waters, here you are. A gift for you. Simple, simple, simple. I have a gift for you. You can do that for anybody. A gift for you. I have a a cup holder in my car that's designated for my glow tracks. And when I get out of the car, then I get what I need, and I put it in my pocket because my pocket's full of other things most of the time. Half of this congregation's probably blessed because they carry a purse, right? And you can get anything out of mom's purse. A good mom has everything you need in the purse. So it's a perfect place. You can keep the little plastic bag so they're not scattered all over. Organized, we got one on the second row right here, has her little packet with her, okay? And she's trying to encourage you to do the same thing. That's one reason she carries it, but the other reason is so that she doesn't miss somebody. What happens if you go into some place and you don't have one? You, you missed your opportunity to sew and have beautiful feet. One guy standing in line, he said, I was, I was too shy to hand it to somebody. So he said, I just held it up in front of my face, and I started reading. <laughs> Sounds crazy. But the lady in front of him notices, and she starts reading the other side. <laughs> huh, what do you know? Hallelujah. Then she said, can I have that? And he said, well, I have to finish reading it. Then he gave it to her. Everything, myths about hell, addictions. Do you know addictions are terrible in East Lansing? They're they're more terrible than you can even imagine. And that's what God's word looks like. What about balance? Diabetes? Anybody know anybody with diabetes? Anybody not know anybody with diabetes? I can show diabetes. No, I showed the wrong one. Sorry. Health. Little pointers for God to use as you plant the seeds. Here's another promise. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 6. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 6. One guy went into a, a place, and he was wearing a glow T-shirt that says, I'll give you, what is it, $100 if, you, if I don't have a Bible tract on me. <laughs> so I, they were asking him. And he, the, the first one asked, and she got her, her glow. And then she came back, and she said, do you have more of those? Because my associate, my work associates, they want some too. Okay, that's it. That's a new one, huh? But it, it does work. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 6. In the morning, sow your seed. In the morning, sow your seed. And in the evening, do not withhold your hand. What does that mean? Sow your seed, right? In the morning, sow your seed. In the evening, sow your seed. For you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Sow beside all waters. In the morning, at noon, in the evening, sow your seed. And who brings the profit? God brings the increase So here's what God's word looks like, okay? Have you figured out how to have beautiful feet? Share the seed, sow the seed and you'll have beautiful feet. While you're turning to 2 Corinthians chapter nine, You were given a card. On that card, there's a box at the top that says I will pray for the literature evangelists. Please pray for the literature evangelists. Pray for the literature evangelists. The second one says I'd like to help because not everybody can go but some people can go, some people can give, right? So we've set up a little program at the conference where we can help the literature evangelists with a a few little things. They're not conference employees. They're all on their own. We provide them with leadership and encouragement, but they do, they go on their own financially and otherwise lots of times. Ecclesiastes 11, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 9, Verse 10. Now may God who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality. Box number three on your card. I would like to have more information about being a literature evangelist. Sowing seeds on a regular basis through literature evangelism. This is the prayer I want to leave with you this morning. Now may Jesus Christ, who supplies seed to you sowers, and food, bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and will sow, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Amen. And amen.